The Saline Solution presents Naked, the podcast series that pairs it all, real life experiences, how they were dealt with, and the lessons learned. Facing the person in the mirror always makes us check ourselves, accept our past, and guides us to make the decisions that are best for our peace of mind. Are you naked? Here's your host, Saline Griffith. This podcast is for adults 18 years and over. How are you doing? Uh, welcome to the Naked Podcast, Season 3, Episode 5. Today, I am talking about keeping your advice to yourself. You know why? Because I get good cuss out, or boof, as they like to say, for sharing my opinion with a, with a family member. But it really did raise a question in my mind about whether it's appropriate to give someone advice how do you approach giving someone advice and uh, to get some more clarification on that i sought out uh, one of my prior guests nicholas Bozier, who's a counseling psychologist and original pain therapist i had nicholas i have nicholas on today's uh, podcast episode because i really want to get to the bottom of this i have always been someone who gives advice to people they either take it or they don't because I don't expect people to do what I tell them to do. My name is not God. But you see, when it comes to the point where you're getting cussed out or you're being um, flogged for just literally caring for someone, that really bothers me. And especially when it comes from family. So this is, a, a, this is why I, I have this topic today. And it's not so much about keeping your advice to yourself. But it's about comparing the pros and cons of, of you actually being that confidant, that person who someone can trust and come and talk to, and you feel as though you can give advice as opposed to someone opting to go for therapy. All right? Uh, so I hope that you enjoy this topic. I hope you enjoy the conversation and that it really does uh, strike a bell in you or a note in you that some area of your life can be, um, you know, addressed in this sense. Maybe something that you're not aware of or someone else who um, you have interacted with. You may be the receiving end of advice in, in air quotes and uh, you probably reacted just as my family member did. So we're all about getting naked here and thank you to Nicholas for joining me again. So let's get naked. Since like in secondary school days and stuff, people will always come to me for advice. And uh, it was nothing for me because I, I, I tend to internalize that that was a thing to her because that was actually psychology was actually one of uh, my career options growing up because I said, hey, well, listen to people and give them advice <laughs> until I realized it really, really started to affect me internally. Like I would sit down and bawl more than the person who's talking to me. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and so, but it has always been a part of my my character to um, offer advice to people or to, you know, just share, listen as well. 
right? Until sometime recently, earlier this year, one of my very close family members, I um, suggested that she go for therapy because it's like, you know, you're concerned. It really came from a place of, of concern and stuff like that. And it's in hindsight now I'm saying maybe it wasn't warranted. My advice wasn't warranted. So even though my intentions were good, right. I needed to think that, think about how it would be received and the person receiving it in that particular frame of mind. So Nicholas, this is why I have you here today to help me because <laughs> I get put good and properly in my place. <laughs> and I really don't want to offend, offend anybody again. I could imagine. Because that's not the intention. You jump out and tell the person you need therapy in this day and age. You tell them they're crazy and something wrong with them. So I ain't tell nobody no. they're crazy. <laughs> no, but that is often what you need therapy means because it still has that negative connotation of something is so terribly wrong with you that you have to end up in a St. Anne's or behind a padded room or get some drugs from somebody to be all right. Still the connotation it has and that I am sure is not what you meant. And I mean, if you go back to what you were doing in secondary school, chances are the reason you were doing that is people saw in you that calmness, that attention mm -hmm. that they could not get elsewhere. That's why they came to you. And yes, you gave advice because that's what we thought that space was to do. In that space in secondary school, when people would come to you, it's because they saw your calmness, your serenity. They saw, they experienced the listening air that you would provide, the empathy that you would provide. Yeah. And I suspect you were much more of an empath than you realize, which is why you went home and bawled after they gave you all this sad story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you then internalized all of it, which is not what you should have done. Mm. You know, because in truth and in fact, it is their problem. It's not that you don't care about them. But if I take on their problem, then I'm not able to assist. Hmm. You make the mistake often of advising people. We tell them what to do. Yeah. And that's not what they need from us. What they need at best is options. Hmm. You feel the need, unless these are your children, and you're telling them, don't jump here. Because not even. It's going to you. you know, yeah then don't tell them what to do. Give them yeah. options and let them decide for themselves because we can make the mistake of starting to direct that person's life and then making them become dependent or creating a space where they may be become, become dependent on us yeah, to make true. all of their decisions. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then instead of helping, we've now become a crutch mm. and made the situation worse. Yeah. Or you could probably make them feel, because as, as I was saying to you earlier, I read an article and they were talking mm -hmm. about people who give advice, mm -hmm. want this power. And I mean, that's never my intention. But what oh. about the person receiving this advice from me? And they're thinking that they're less than that's making them feel even worse. And of course, yeah. that's not the intention, you know, so because this this outside party is way. making 
yeah, this outside party is making decisions for me. Yeah, yeah. That's very disempowering. Mm -hmm. But it's not always, it doesn't start in that context. There are some people, yes, who project. Um, Particularly if you have some narcissistic traits and everything is about you, you're going to make it about you and you're going to frame the advice that this is good advice and this is the only way you should do it. Mm. If you don't do it this way, there's something wrong with you. Oh, God, but now that's a different kind of thing, huh? Yeah, those are some little narcissistic traits yes. coming out there to cause people mm-hmm. stress. But no, we have, there are lots of ways we can provide suggestions to people and have them make their own decisions. Because people, adults, and we're talking about adults, adults are responsible for their own lives. Good, yes. bad, or indifferent, they have to figure it out. And one of the things I had to learn as a, a therapist is that my clients don't always do my homework the way I intended them for. So I would suggest uh, if I give you a a homework exercise to do, I expect it to follow a particular pattern. This is different from suggesting. This is an exercise I need you to do because that's a particular outcome I'm looking for. And they'll go and do the exercise their own way. But what about the fact, let's go back a little bit because the fact Mm -hmm. that you actually suggest to someone, you know, we Mm -hmm. are in this space now in our society, the social space of mental health matters oh gosh there's a hashtag everywhere for it which is lovely because people are actually opening up but you know you have people who think that's not for me because being the caribbean and it's something that is easily coming into our space and not everybody will well will receive it as intended now the fact that you actually suggest to someone now you're not giving them the advice to do whatever with their lives. You're just simply suggesting your goal for therapy. And for me, it was me coming from a place of seeing a therapist before. And I know what I benefited from. So I'm not gonna tell you what to do. And I know that people would have been, you you would have been, people are ready to do things in their own time. So there was no time frame to say, I think you should go now or anything like that. It was simply Mm -hmm. a suggestion because I was really, really concerned at that point in time more than before. And I get cussed up, but <laughs> at the end of the day, you yeah. just, it re- really had me thinking about how people receive that suggestion for therapy. Because unfortunately, Celine, we think we still have the mentality that because feelings and emotions reside within those complex thoughts reside within us, we have all the answers. We know how to fix it. We we can come out of the depression. I know how to make myself better. Yeah. And five years down the road and you're still depressed. But yeah, I'm not going to talk to anybody because that is seen as a sign of weakness. Right. It is seen as something disparaging when it isn't. As you said, your experience with talking to the therapist was really just unraveling some of the confusion sometimes. Mm-hmm. Helping you make connections. Yes quite often we can make those connections on our own, but over what period of time? Are you going to spend 20 years unraveling this thing? Yeah. Reading self-help books, talking to people, listening to advice, having experience when you could spend months with a therapist and unravel it at that speed. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe not at all if you do it on your own. You know, you may not even realize the harm that your thought patterns, your behaviors are having for you. 
And of course, we not even we haven't even gotten to the people yet who don't believe that mental illness is real. Hey, that's true, huh? Yeah, so I true. had a parent tell me that, with all due respect to your job, boss, I don't think that exists. I was like, oh, so they just pay me for nothing? <laughs> what you say? <laughs> you know, some people say you possessed, the child possessed, or <laughs> if it's yeah. something, they always come up with a different. Reason. Oh, he, mm-hmm. he wasn't even the the parent wasn't even going there. They just said, "No, the children lazy." Oh, good. We've we've made the children too soft, and that's why he, the his response was, "Come, this was not wrong before." Mm. It's because what do you mean, it didn't the, exist. Therapy and stuff. Therapy and mental illness has like no boss. It was always there. Exactly. You know what we used to call it? Tanti sad. Mm-hmm. Or she she different. Yes, yes. Can't you never come outside? Your partner Jim always in the rum shop drinking. Hmm. That's not healthy or normal, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Why is he always drink? Because he's hurting. Mm-hmm. Why he can't have a relationship that's stable, and or she can't have a relationship that's because something is wrong. It's not that it wasn't there. It's that we did not identify it in that way. It's that we covered it up with drink and old talk and excuses yes. and we would hide people away. Hmm. You know, and, and now we're becoming enlightened a little more and we're understanding. I mean, unfortunately, in some quarters, the political correctness ball is swinging too far in the opposite direction. So any little behavior that is not exactly what you want, oh, you have to go see the and that's just as bad. Yeah. I but I imagine as we go forward, it will it will settle into a space where we understand how and when to use the skills of mm-hmm. professionals um, to help with those difficult behaviors and when we can leave it alone. From your experience uh, as a psychologist, have you had people come to you of their own of their own um say okay they get up one morning and say i need to see a therapist or was it always prompted by somebody in their community to say well okay it happened even if it happened right away or it happened over time was it anything like that because oftentimes you realize you hear that people go for therapy only if it's suggested i would pick up myself and say oh god look i feel depressed yes I go in my therapist. I go in my psychologist. Yeah. You hardly well, ever hear of that. Correct, you? because we, we hardly ever de- diagnose ourselves with depression. Yeah. We just feel sad. Yeah, and we yeah. feel sad for weeks and months. And Or you live in life, you're functioning, and people see you happy and smile, look like you're happy and smiling, but inside, nothing feels right. It's just a little off. And as many of us, Yes, that that long term, it's called long term chronic depression. It used to be called dysthemia. It's now called persistent depressive disorder. Oh, okay. So it's a, a very low, it's like running a low grade fever. You could get up and go to work and do things. And yes, but you still have a fever of a couple of degrees. Yes. So you're still a little off. So you don't have all the energy you used to have. You don't have all the pep you used to have. Same kind of thing happens with depression. So you're doing stuff and you're excited and everybody jumping up when you do something and it's yay. And you thinking in your head, eh. <laughs> the, 
because that that depression just takes sucks the joy out of everything for you but you're functioning so nobody sees it yeah 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 so in my experience actually there's a, a combination of things what i've been finding is people check you out at least a lot of my clients mm -hmm. they check me out before they come okay they they check online for other people who've um engaged with me as and they ask them questions um they talk to friends who they have they get recommendations they check out my social media to see if i'm saying things that they identify with right to get some idea of if they think they can relate to me um because the therapeutic relationship is very much a relationship exactly you have, you have to trust me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and in some ways you have to get me so you have to like my style and not everybody likes my style and i understand that mm -hmm. but but that is universal nobody likes every everything single completely yeah. everything completely and that's yeah. okay yeah you know uh so yes i've found that there is a very interesting mix but i find most people are checking out they get a reference a referral of some kind whether it be an active solicited reference so they ask somebody yeah or they they do their research in on social media and they decide well okay maybe i'll try this guy right and okay. i think that's happening for a lot of my colleagues as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah what do you think about like opposite sex people giving advice to someone of the opposite sex i know it's so strange because i mean most times fellas will go by their bodies talk about something and you get your advice on and same thing with the female yeah. we go by our girlfriends and, and really let it all out but if you go to a, a male friend and give him advice or you go for advice how is that received because you are saying that this person doesn't necessarily know everything about my world as a female or as a male how can they give me advice and um maybe it's, it's just a because it's my good friend i will listen to you but that doesn't necessarily mean i'll take what you're saying into consideration right how how has that been for you in terms of your experience well first we have the the unofficial space so mm. if we're talking about friends speaking to friends yeah yeah you find that what is important in the relationship is the trust that has been invested so i do have in my own personal space female friends who i have become very close to over time um and they have they confide in me certain things i confide in them certain things there are very few topics that are so gender specific uh -huh. that the opposite sex can't help you with and so right wait yes now if you tell me you're having real bad cramps and your uterus spasming and I, there's nothing i could do to help <laughs> you you know what i mean i tell you take some my doll or something <laughs> i i can't even empathize i don't know what that feels like yes yes and, and the opposite is true but that's a very specific gender issue yes a lot of the relational things are not limited by who's on the other side so if i'm having a particular problem with a friend mm -hmm. my male friend or my female can say well you know maybe your approach was off yes maybe the maybe you you chose a wrong time maybe they were not in a good space that has nothing to do with the person's gender now in the professional setting i'm acutely aware 
of the difference in gender. Mm -hmm. Because the way I speak to male clients is very different than the way I speak to female clients. And the interaction with female clients is also different. I'm also very acutely aware of what we call in, in, in practice, trans where you, the client projects their feelings onto the therapist. Now Why that, is that be, though? Because you provide that safe space and listening air. Okay. So if I am angry with daddy, for example, if my client is angry with daddy, and I'm listening and we're dealing with the topic of daddy and why you're angry, you might get very angry with me mm -hmm. because it's safe to get angry with me. There are no repercussions for getting angry with me. Okay. So you can project that anger on me and explore it. So you might get angry with me and have a very rough session and go away and ask yourself, well, well what was I really upset about? Mm. He didn't do me anything. Why? That is not me is connecting with that old pain that is unresolved that it's still sitting there and you project it on me okay now in the therapeutic space that is helpful but it can go beyond that where you think you're developing what might be romantic feelings or attachment because i provide a healthy a model for a healthy relationship where i listen i pay attention I'm not judgmental. I allow you to be you. I encourage you to be the best version of you. Yes, so all of these positive things. Um, and again, as a man, I don't pretend to be something else. So I am decisive, I'm firm, I'm consistent. I do all of those things. So you find that if you're not getting that in your relationship, that can be very attractive. And you may think, well, okay, you know, Maybe there's a little spark there. See when he smiled at me, you know. It's not about that. Right. Because unfortunately, what you're missing out on is that you don't know anything about me. Hmm. You've been offloading. It's, it's really been very much one way. You've been offloading to me, but I haven't been offloading to you. And that if a therapist is paying attention and you see that, you can work that through, you can talk that through. And I've had to do that a couple of times hmm. with clients who've, um, I, I remember this one young lady who stopped looking at me. We'd be talking in the session and she'd be looking down at her feet all the time. And I had to stop and ask, oh, what, what are you doing? Why are you looking at your feet? Right. She said, well, if I look at you, I'm going to blush and I don't want you to see. Hmm. Like, you don't want me to see. And so we had to talk it through and I explained just what I, I just did, that it's transference and it happens. And you're not really interested in me. It just feels like it's a very comfortable relationship. Right. So the therapist, the skilled therapist can use that to help move the process along. Mm -hmm. Yes, because it allows you then to recognize that, oh, this is what a healthy relationship should look like. This is what I should be looking for in my relationships. So you now have a model of what a healthy relationship with proper boundaries and communication should be. If it is that the person you are, because the, the person that your client is speaking to you, being mm -hmm. very neutral and, and skilled yes. at what you do, pulling out certain things from them, but when they go back to interact with the person mm -hmm. that they, they had the issue with, 
um, how is that transition going to take place? Because it's a different personality altogether. Correct. So there'll but be other the, factors involved there. Correct. But mm -hmm. the skills you're picking up and you're likely to model are the same ones that I use on you mm -hmm. or use with you right. that you will now use with the other person. Okay. So even if the other person gets a little upset, you don't have to get flustered anymore. Okay. You can okay. recognize, oh, they're upset. Maybe they didn't understand me. So you ask questions. Your approach changes right. because you've seen me model those things with you. So when you get upset, when you get flustered, I don't get ruffled. And I can help you by asking questions. I can take a different approach. I can apologize if you said something offended you. Right. Without me getting, uh, to quote my, the millennials, all up in my fields. Yes. And getting lost in the emotion. Yes, yeah. so I don't get confused. It don't come, become a quarrel. And I can help maneuver that, re that conversation to a healthy space and conclusion. Hmm. Yeah? The problem comes, though, if the therapist starts projecting onto the client. Uh -huh. Now, that's the problem. Mm -hmm. yes. If for some reason you start telling your client, all your business and they come to talk and it end up being two friends talking for the hour and you telling them your problems and then you've lost your objectivity and that is an unhealthy space and you mm. need to exit that space because something is unfortunate is going to come of that experience. So do you think that is one of the major differences between talking to a trusted friend and speaking to a therapist? The fact that the therapist well, is it's literally a one-sided um interaction where you get options you you pour it all out as the client and then your therapist now will one break it down two give you options three just literally be a listening ear <laughs> yes and lastly the therapist will go away yes therapy comes to an end yeah you don't want for example to go tell your friend who you have to see or who you are likely to see for the rest of your life mm -hmm. a, a terrible burning secret so you don't want to tell them the details of your sexual mm -hmm. so many years ago and the the wild escapades you had because you were in such a bad place afterwards because you don't want your friend to see you like that right so you're not going to tell your friend that you'll tell your therapist because you never have to see them again so you can offload in that safe space, deal with it, and then leave it behind. But you know, people oftentimes will have friends, because I have friends who know every single thing about me. I tell them, I say, hey, you ought to remain my friend, you know, because yeah. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have friends like that. And there are things, I will be very honest about it, things that I've done in the past that I am not very um, proud of. Mm -hmm. And these same friends know it, right? But mm -hmm. I would say to them, even if I get the, the inclination that they're going to use it against me, I am that kind of person who will say, don't even go there, no, because you know it coming down. <laughs> yes, and that, that is a relationship on, built on trust yes. over time and experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Um, and I would imagine even in some of those situations that you've shared, you don't get into the kind of detail with the friends that you would get into with a therapist because they're, they're important mm -hmm. bits in the minutia that the therapist will get to that your friends will not understand or need to get to. Right. You know? mm -hmm. And of course, in, in friendships, generally, we have to be careful about the male-female dynamic. 
Correct. Men and women were not designed to be friends primarily. Hmm. Designed by nature to be mates. There is always in those mixed relationships, some point in the friendship when one or other party looked at the other and went, huh, maybe I should try a thing. <laughs> you really think so? Every single one. Oh, good. I have real one. close male friends and it's just never crossed Ask my mind. Well, I shouldn't say never crossed my mind. It crossed my mind. But <laughs> for them, I didn't get that kind of current. So I was like, you okay, can we so go? It, it one or the other. And it might be that just the timing was off. Yeah, 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 definitely. And they looked at it at the time and went, Nah, she happy with Jim. And, mm. and it moved on and it because we have to we, we're trying to create this null sexual creature that is the human being, and I don't understand why. <laughs> yeah, right. That is the nature of the interaction. Yeah, yeah. The beginnings of the interaction. Mm -hmm. That is always there. So yeah. we need to be careful sometimes with new friends of the opposite gender or well these days also sometimes of the same gender because people are less fussy than they used to be apparently people are what so less fussy than they used to be yes 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 mm -hmm. yes so <laughs> we need to be sure that we have boundaries even with our friends so we don't send the wrong idea mm -hmm. you don't create so you don't call your friend and tell your male friend if you're you don't call your male friend half an hour before curfew and tell him come over now i want to talk to you <laughs> you know oh and then you, then you had to find your therapist and say well something happened i was like uh, and you know if i'm your therapist i'm going to ask you really 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 you, you didn't know that you <laughs> didn't think this whole thing through really oh, you call him a half an hour before curfew where he was going mm-hmm have you ever in your life had a conversation less than half an hour? So where was he going? So he have to sleep there. So where are you going to sleep? You have one bed. <laughs> where are you sleeping? <laughs> Who you couldn't? And we big people, let us not pretend that that is not the danger. Now, maybe you didn't set out with that in mind. Right. He may not have set out with that in mind, but the biology is always with us. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying your, your friend who's a man trying to get into your pants all the time. That is not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But we need to be aware that we can send the wrong signals. We can still interesting and very powerful emotions in different circumstances. That situation may never happen again. True. Because you all don't want that. You don't want to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. But now you have that awkward space where we've done that and we had to keep it a secret from everybody else because we don't. Why even put yourself there? Yeah. But I mean, even if you call, using the example you used, even if mm -hmm. you call your friend half an hour before curfew and he comes over, mm -hmm. yes, there's the biology there. Mm -hmm. Yes, the, something could happen because, mm -hmm. yeah, we, 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 we big and we have sense. But mm -hmm. can right. it be a situation where your friendship is that um respectful that you all actually have that conversation and say you know what we know that this is a risk we're taking but i really not i, I, I really of don't course. want this to happen of course so we'll take another conversation um, of course 
Yeah. And it, it, I'm saying that it, it could go that way as well as it might not even be anywhere close. You all could just yeah, come and you know he's going to spend the night, but he's sleeping on the couch. Yeah. And that's not a thing. He, there's no issue there. There's no tension. I'm saying sometimes hmm. we need to be careful with those spaces. Yeah. We need to be respectful of those situations. Hmm. Yeah. You can't, you should not be calling your, your friend over and he have a girlfriend and he come in to spend the night by you because he come in 15 minutes before. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a problem. Even if that, that's a problem. that is gently. Yes. Yes. His significant other is not going to be happy about that. Yeah. Even if he or she knows the extent yeah, of our is... platonic friendship, there's no way anybody in heaven or earth will be okay with no, something like that. they're not going to be happy with that. No. Yes. No. Again, I'm not saying men or women, for that matter, are not trustworthy. I'm saying yeah. we need to be careful with that dynamic if we're not certain. If you have your friend and you know you've done this before and they will just come and listen and mm. yeah, the couch or they'll sleep on the bed and you'll sleep, whatever, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But just, um, as you yeah. said earlier, we big and we have sense. Use the sense. I just Many find times. that sometimes we really, really, you know, God put us here to be our brother's keeper and to serve and each to other. Mm -hmm. And we really try to do that. But then you have all of these little intricate things that are at play because it's human beings we're talking about. We're talking about behaviors. Mm -hmm. We're talking about different mindset and perspectives. So really and truly, you sometimes somebody will come to you I say, gosh, I want to talk about this. Or they even come, come at a precursor. They just start mm -hmm. talking or crying yeah. or, or whatever. Yes. And you're between a rock and a hard place because you don't know. You don't know how to move forward. Yeah. Well, if you're concerned about being politically correct, you'll get stuck. Hmm. I suggest do the human thing and listen to them. Yeah. If just you listen. have a comment, just yeah. listen. If you mm -hmm. don't know what to say, that's okay. Don't say anything. Yeah. Just them when they're done. Hey, that real hard, you know, but uh, I don't know what to tell you. I, I really don't. That that hard. Hmm. But I will Wouldn't be they perceive to that as you being dismissive? No. I mean, hmm. uh, I may have sounded a little off there, but hmm. I mean, you would use the appropriate phrasing depending on what you have. Right, but right, if you right. don't know what to say, don't fake it and try to mumble something because you think you have to say something. Exactly. That will come off worse. Just tell them, just sit there and be with them and let them know, hey, I wouldn't know how to deal with that either. But hmm. you know what? I'm sure that we'll get through it. Hmm. I have a girlfriend who is just like that. I will sit down and tell her every single thing and she will just keep quiet and listen. And then she will say, you know, I don't know what to tell you. And I mm -hmm. really, that I really, really respect because you're not telling me what to do. I yep. know she's being a friend. And of course I love her dearly for that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's, it's really a situation where you feel as though I, I remember at one point in time when it first when I first started to get that sort of a reaction from her because she was always very yeah. involved. Huh? So I think she too yeah. went through the politically correct um, phase of giving advice to friends. Yes. Just to preserve yes. herself because she's pretty much like me where 
we internalize people's problems. Ah, okay. It started to become, she even lamented to me at one point in time that it started to, to, to grow on her. She started to feel depressed as well. So she had to take some serious action to preserve herself. And I mm -hmm. think that going forward, that is what she decided to do, right? To just right. listen and be very um, politically correct with her responses. But my first encounter with that, knowing how she was before, my mm -hmm. first encounter with that, I started to say, oh, my God, am I bombarding her with my shit? Because I'm like, um, uh, so I started to kind of pull back. Through. So that taught me as well. Yes. Watch how you're sharing your issues. Watch how you're sharing it. Because even with the situation with my family member, mm -hmm. um, after I get my cuss, I'm a blowout. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, you, you always have to be um, fair. So, so let me see how I contributed to this reaching to where it's at now. Right. And in my mind, I realized that maybe I was, because we knew it was a safe space for us to talk about everything that's going on with us. Right. I probably took it for granted. And I was, I, I'm a very literal person. So I literally shared, not realizing that, okay, at that certain point in time, they may have been experiencing something um Strong negative in their and life it, and yeah. it impacted them differently yes so i that is something i definitely definitely took away with me and i'm very cognizant of that even with my friends who didn't express that to me but as a human being i'm like you go your car be insensitive everybody going through something now so but i'm also not somebody to keep everything inside yeah so i have to let it out somehow <laughs> and um i realized that even if I'm sharing that, not every minute. And even and when I am able to open up with them, I'm telling them it's in a way that I have a solution in mind. It can be that, yes. Um, mm -hmm. And again, you see, it depends on the nature of the relationship. So yeah. maybe that family member was not in the right frame of mind to receive that suggestion. Yeah. I would say make a tack back. <laughs> and very gently say look you know my suggestion the other day was not because i think you're mad or you're crazy but in my experience mm -hmm. this kind of intervention helped me right. it helped me make some sense of things that were confusing it helped me make connections yes i don't feel crazy now mm -hmm. as a matter of fact i might feel less crazy because the the knot of or the knots of thoughts in my head are now straightened out and they now make a little bit more sense. So yeah. I'm not going around in circles all the time anymore. I understand how to get out of that because I now have tools to help me. And that's what I was suggesting. Mm -hmm. Not I that you're crazy or you're mad, but <laughs> it, it, it is, it's like going to the doctor. You break your leg. Yes, we know you have to fix the bone and it will heal on its own. And so what do you say? Well, we'll do it ourselves and hope for the best no go to the professional let them do their job yeah and you will heal over time same thing happens with your emotions and your spirit hmm. go to the professionals and let them help you and yes you will heal over time their task is just to give you the tools and point you in the right direction hmm. but i really think i i don't understand because i've never had this this impression that psychologists and and um psychiatrists and therapists are a waste of time. I never had that impression. I mean, everybody has a vocation in this life. Mm -hmm. And when I speak to certain people, I oftentimes hear that negative connotation that, yeah, I don't, I don't have that kind of money to spend. 
who has mm-hmm. that kind of money to spend but it's an investment as well into your well-being because you wouldn't say yeah. to the oncologist me not that kind of money to spend and then die of cancer just yeah. like that you wouldn't go and say um I don't want to hear what somebody has. I, I think it's because people not getting medicine, like literal medicine. Yes. So they don't so opposed think, to therapy. They can't always quantify the benefits. Yeah. It's on the investment. And I say to them, I understand that. How much is your marriage worth? Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're having relationship problems and it's disturbing your marriage and this person can help you fix it. And if you don't, your marriage will. How much would that be worth to you? Hmm. If you're not married and you're trying to get into a relationship or trying to have a relationship and for whatever reason they seem to be failing. Mm -hmm. And you realize you are the common denominator. What would that be worth to you to fix it? Hmm. You have a terrible, bad relationship with your parents or a sibling or part of the family. What would it be worth to you to repair that? Hmm. If you're walking around with, as I described earlier, the steamy or that persistent depressive disorder, so nothing is as shiny as it should be. Yeah. Not celebrate as much, it's just functioning. What would it be worth to you to have that burden of depression lifted? Hmm. Or are you prepared to walk with that for another 20 years? But do you think that people can do it on their own, like by um, listening to motivational talks or going to... Of course, course. some people can. Some people can. There are... It is not a matter necessarily of capability, but more of opportunity. Yeah what is the likelihood that you come across the right sequence of events so the right talk the right book the right person to listen to Mm -hmm. in the right order at the right time so you get the help that you need yeah to come out of this as opposed to going to your therapist and tackling it head on one time and getting the tools you need Mm -hmm. to move forward so that as life happens and you employ those tools you see better outcomes I actually find that um, I actually agree with that because when I went for therapy, um, a lot of things were revealed to me and I realized that I had been applying most of my current hood to when we were growing up. Everything mm-hmm. is, well, daddy used to do this or mommy used to do this or granny or my sisters mm-hmm. used to do this. And she sat down and she watched me, aren't you an adult? <laughs> Correct. What are you still blaming these people for? Just like that, she said to me, what you still blame me before? And immediately, because I visualized it, I cut the cord. Not yep. the cord of the relationships with these people. No, but the blame. I cut the cord of that connection between the past and now, saying yep. I had to blame the past for what happened. The past does form yep. where you are now. Yes. But you are responsible for how things go forward. Yes. You know? Correct. So... <laughs> That yeah. one, that was my main takeaway from my therapy sessions. The yeah. main takeaway. You know, and it, there's so many things that, that happen um, in our history that impact us going forward. You know, that mm-hmm. we alluded to one of those, I alluded to one of those earlier where maybe, you know, mm-hmm. you were sexually assaulted and then it becomes 
you, you become wild, as we say, in the right. parlance. The understanding there is not, oh, that's what she like. No, it's that I feel dirty and used mm -hmm. and abused. Mm -hmm. And if that is the way men are going to treat me, because the logic is kind of, well, that's all they want. So instead mm -hmm. of letting them take it, I will just offer it up. So at least I know what the transaction is. Wow. Hmm. I allow that to happen. At some point, we usually come to the realization that you know, that's not what it's supposed to be. Because that's a very sad space to be in because human beings are not designed to be used. That's right. Even if you agree to it, it is still use. It is still degrading. So all of these people who have um, COVID buddies or mm. other service providers. Yeah. yeah. And it, <laughs> and you know that the class I have needs, uh, Selena, don't understand why you're giggling like that, but you have to do it. No, it's the terms that you use. <laughs> COVID but buddies. That's what they tell me. Yes, it's COVID buddies and service providers. And, you know, and they say, well, Nicholas, I have needs. I'm like, yes, you do. Uh -huh. Which one you think you're satisfying? Hmm. They say, well, oh, gosh, man, that, that itch you have to scratch. I'm like, really? Hmm. How do you feel afterwards? Hmm. right afterwards how do you feel after that itch is scratched how do you feel hmm. you don't feel for that anymore but the actual need which is to be seen and to be known and to be loved yes, yes. not satisfied in that space yeah as a matter of fact it's pushed further away and you're manifesting a bigger problem mm -hmm. yes because yeah. you know this person is just going to get up and leave they don't want to see know or love you hmm. So you rejected space. And I'm not speaking only about the women. Yes. We think all men want is to, to jam and have fun. Mm -hmm. That is not true. We have some different problems because the way we are taught to love is a little different. But men want to be loved as well. We want someone to know who we are, to see us yeah. and accept us as we are. Very few people out there want to be running around chasing birds all the time. You know, no, that, that takes a lot of energy. You know? That's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. That is a lot of work. I was asking somebody that the other day. I said, how, how is it possible to love two people at the same time? I said, you cannot possibly be in a romantic relationship with two people at the same time. I said, as a real walk, because... <laughs> You have to give all of your just to love somebody you have to give all of yourself to each person and that's impossible so one you person cannot, is definitely not getting all of you you cannot divide one and come out with a exactly whole. so i don't understand because you that cannot is. give all of you to you can't give all of you to charmaine and then all of you to wendy charmaine's yeah. and wendy's i don't mean you all in particular yeah you can't you cannot give all of yourself to Jim and then to John. It's one or the other. Because yeah. wherever you give to Jim, you can't give to John and vice versa. That's so true. So, yeah. That's very, very true. And uh, sometimes you really, I mean, uh, I mean, we segue in a little bit from the actual topic, but it, it, it does tie um, in because at the end of the day, all of these things are things that we would love to talk about um with our yeah. friends or with somebody that we trust on a daily basis right. 
and sometimes the advice you get people give you advice from their own experience yes or from calypsonians like sparrow who say they both are them a big mistake we make there too celine is we try to get everything from one person your partner the one you choose is not and cannot be everything to you. Correct. So true. There are things they will not be able to provide. And that's okay. You can get, before I say that, let me not put myself in trouble. The things that are covered by your vows are exclusive to your partner. So being there in thick and thin and being intimate with them sexually, that is for them. Right. Sometimes the emotional connection or the intellectual connection needs to be supported elsewhere. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And you have to be careful with that. So maybe it's friends that you talk to to get some things that your partner can't deliver. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a spiritual upliftment or direction that your partner can't deliver. That doesn't mean they shouldn't be a partner. That's right. the person you chose, the person you've said, I will love. As they are, not how they will be in the future exactly there so they might not be able to give you advice or help and direct all the time Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that's their job and that doesn't mean they failed at it you can get that in other places and that's Mm -hmm. okay and that's okay it is okay um so then uh, a lot of people who have checklists and stuff for relationships I don't know why people have that. Checklists are the worst thing you can do. I don't know. I've never had a checklist in my life. Um, I've encountered quite often people who've had checklists from school. No shocks. And you check school it off. You know? School. Secondary school. And you check off. He is this type of person. He's that type of person. He has these kind of family connections. He's this, that, and the other. And he checked the boxes. Hmm. Except for the box that says he treats me well exactly so if that's the only box you didn't check you say well i'm not likely to get all these other things anywhere else so i'll take that Mm -hmm. and then 20 years down the road mortgage house dog and children and you don't like each other you see because it was just check boxes and you're miserable and you because you all have never fixed the issues so then you can't, you're not holding on to your promise. So somebody have a side and somebody have an outside and hmm. who have a neighbor and, a, and it's back. That is so because I didn't realize what I was doing was checking off items on my list. And these items have nothing to do with personal interaction. Who are you going to be 20 years down the road? Like that too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have hateful. friends who have checklists and I'm like, well, what should you want really and truly? So advice, dangerous. So stick well, to Well, I learned the hard way. <laughs> stick to suggestions. Yeah. Stick See, to, and, and even so, you have to let people know, I am just suggesting. Yes. And so don't suggest one thing. But wait, in hindsight, that's exactly what I said. I'm suggesting that she goes for therapy. But you suggest one thing. 
And maybe again, she may not have been in the space. So in maybe space, it's a yeah. back is important to tell her, look, I wasn't trying to say that you're crazy or you're saying or you can't do it or you're weak or any of that. I'm saying that in my own experience, it was helpful to unravel mm-hmm. the confusing things that maybe the husband don't understand or maybe you don't understand. Having a neutral third party who does not have all the feelings involved and invested makes the listening a lot better. Yeah. But do you realize sometimes when you're having a conversation with someone and uh, you may have gone through a similar situation, right? Mm-hmm. You went through a similar situation, but you're able to give advice. Your, your, your situation has not been resolved because of all uh-huh. the emotions and everything is involved in yes. it. Well, but somebody else has something. Book. Yeah, they have something similar going on and you have... <laughs> A whole thesis right down, waiting to say, well, you know, I think you should do it like this. Yes. And then I found and myself in situations like that one. and I pulled back, eh, Nicholas. I pulled yeah. back because I said, wait, how I expect this person to believe me or to understand where I'm coming from? And in my I'm own actual situation, it's not fixed. Yes. But somehow you're able to see things clearer when it's not you. <laughs> somehow. Because your feelings not invested in that situation. Yeah. Boy. yeah. That emotion. Both are not invested. Correct. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem therapists have. You find that therapists struggle mm-hmm. in relationships and helping people with particular problems when they themselves are struggling with the problem. Mm. When their own, if they have an issue like that and they're struggling with it, they struggle to help their clients help. on that particular exactly. So they will need to then get a referral or someone to help supervise them through that particular process. Same thing happens with us. We, it's very easy to say, oh, well, you should do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Because when you're saying that, you're not going, but I feel, but what about his feelings? But what yeah. about this? When you're doing it in your own space and your own feelings are involved, that's what's happening. You know very well what the outcome needs to be. Yeah. There's always the but. I was giving my sister and career and, and, and financial advice the other day. Me. Mm-hmm giving somebody career and financial advice and it was so sound it was so sound i felt so good <laughs> very <laughs> good was like, but wait things are really happening with you right now um how are you able to give this up the thing is i know where i want to be and i, I just for me right now is the steps to, to get there is where my confusion is the steps but right. looking at what she wants to do I was able to give her some sort of a guidance as to, you know, well, I think you should talk to this one or look up some material about the thing. And I had to ask myself, it's just last time I was talking to my sister with this. Huh? I said, but wait, maybe you should do that too, sister. Maybe you should do that too. <laughs> Take your own advice. Yes. And you see, and, and according to my, um, some of my folks, maybe the universe orchestrated that so you would yeah. realize what you need to do. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff all the time. Whether you're giving advice to friends or if you give simply the advice is to see a therapist, but you have to be careful about how you tell people to see a therapist. Oh, you do it. <laughs> what people need and want from you more often than not hmm. is understanding yes. and compassion. Yes. Yeah. Mercy, not sacrifice. Don't be judgmental. Don't turn them or turn it around on them and say, I see, I tell you. So we all have faults and we all have feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you do have a suggestion or a recommendation, say it like that and say you 
it is this is an option you can try yeah yeah it helps especially me. if you've had the experience yourself correct mm -hmm. it has helped me or it's helped someone that i know and maybe it will yeah. help you yeah yeah mercy not sacrifice gentleness yeah listening yeah, understanding and compassion understanding and compassion most definitely Oh gosh, thanks Nicholas. I got a different perspective on some of the things that we were talking about in this episode and I, I really look at things differently. I'm more aware. I am more aware now and even though you're coming from a good place, it may not be received like that. So it's always good to hear things from a different perspective, be open about it. And of course, be naked. <laughs> That's the only way, guys. That's the only way that you'll be able to really see things in its purest form when you are naked when you are open to receiving to giving and this is what this podcast is all about so i really do hope that you have learned something from it i would love to hear from you in, in the comment section of this podcast um episode so you can leave me your comments in my inbox on the saline solution on facebook or the underscore saline underscore solution on IG, where you can share your comments there as well. So guys, oh, thank you as well to CamCam Productions for your editing um, services. Thank you so much each and every time. And continue to be a good human, guys. All right, so until the next one, be a good human and cheers. Bye. From the heart, from the heart, whoa.